Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. You're listening to the Golf Strategy School Podcast with my dad, Marty Griffin. What's up, everybody? Like the intro by my fantastic seven-year-old daughter, who we call Moose, says, this is the Golf Strategy School Podcast, and I am Marty Griffin. This podcast is the only one that is dedicated to helping golfers get over those milestone scores of breaking 90 or breaking 100, whatever you may be working on. This podcast is also brought to you by Super Speed Golf. If you want to hit the ball farther, let's be honest, we all do, you need to learn about the science behind overspeed training. It's something that is done in a lot of other sports, and Mike and Kyle from Super Speed Golf have adapted it to golf. And you can hear their interview that I did with them. It's at golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed. Or if you already know about Superspeed Golf and you know that you want to hit the ball farther, just head straight over to their website, superspeedgolf.com. Use promo code GOLFSTRATEGY and get 10% off your entire order. Thanks to Mike and Kyle. So this week's episode is something that, well, let's be honest. We all have those situations, those circumstances where we wish we would have hit a shot better, right? How many times has that shot that you wish you would have hit better been that fairway wood? I know, I know it's been there for you, all right? I've had it happen. I'm sure you've had it happen. I'm sure you've seen it happen to other people. In the middle of fairway, getting ready to approach a par five, pull out that three wood trying to really score, and then the crap hits the fan, the whole hole is toast, and you're left with a bogey or worse. That's what we're working on today. How do we really just rip that fairway wood? Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, so I want to share with you kind of the genesis of this question. This actually came from one of our Golf Strategy Academy members, Jeremy. He had been struggling with his three-wood from the fairway. He wanted to take advantage of par fives when he would be in those advantageous spots. I totally relate. If you get a good drive, you want to cash it in. Whether it's pressure you're putting on yourself or a swing technicality, a swing flaw that is bugging you, that's kind of creating this inconsistency, it doesn't really matter the reason. It's still frustrating as hell. I get you. I'm right there with you. One of the things that Jeremy had mentioned is that he has a really hard time getting that kind of consistent contact. He's used his three wood 
as kind of a safety net in the past off the tee. He says that it works pretty darn good in that respect. It's just those fairway circumstances that were really the bugaboo that were giving him a lot of grief. Sometimes thin, sometimes heavy. And what that tells me is that we have an issue around what's called the angle of attack. And if you think about that, it's just like it sounds. The angle of attack is the angle at which the club is moving in relation to the ground when it impacts the ball. So if we think about kind of all of the different shots in our bag, the wedges have a steep angle of attack. We hit down with our wedges. And that's where you see, especially on PGA Tour, you see those great big divot strips that go flying. They're nice and thin because they're not going super deep, but they're absolutely hitting down on the golf ball and creating that backspin. When we think about our our longer clubs, that starts to shallow out a little bit. And when you think about your driver, it actually is on an upward attack angle. Now, this is why I think the issue is around that angle of attack, because Jeremy said it's working well off the tee, but not in the fairway. If it's working well off the tee, that means he's probably hitting up on it, and he's trying to essentially replicate that same swing, which is kind of what we want to do in golf. We want to have the same swing everywhere. Uh, He's trying to replicate that swing in the fairway as well. And the problem, which I think might be something as simple as tee height in terms of when he practices, but the problem is that he's hitting up on that golf ball off the tee, which is fine. But when he tries to do that in in the fairway, that's when we're getting all of these different consistency issues because the low point of the golf swing is going to be behind the golf ball with that upwards angle of attack. If you think about it, if that didn't exist and the ball was sitting on the fairway and you're trying to swing up on it, that means the lowest point of the swing is going to be a good, I don't know, four, five inches behind the golf ball. So you're hitting the ground first in order to try to hit up on the golf ball. That's one of those circumstances where, you know, what you do on the tee can really kind of bite you in the rear end in the fairway. Now, the way that I like to get people to kind of fix this the range that i play at again because i'm in wisconsin we don't have a lot of grass ranges throughout the year so early spring all the way up until boy i want to say like late may you might find mats at driving ranges instead of grass so because it's mats what i would do is i would go and i would buy a bunch of the old bingo chips I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but they're the little, usually see-through plastic chips, and you would use it to cover your number on a bingo card. So what I do, because you can get a bunch of them for a really, really cheap amount, or tiddlywinks, did anybody else call them tiddlywinks? That's what I called them. Anyway, that's not the point. So you take these really thin plastic discs, they essentially look like a ball marker with that uh, with the bottom broken off. You set it maybe three inches in front of the golf ball. So down the target line towards the target. And what you want to do with that three wood is you want to hit the golf ball and you want to make sure that you hit that tiddlywink, that bingo marker and send it down the range as well. 
Now, if you're hitting on grass, this gets a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> you put the ball on the ground and you use a tee. You just push that tee almost all the way into the ground. You want it to be, you know, just barely above that grass level. And the idea is that you take your swing, essentially focusing on that tee, trying to hit the tee, and you're just letting the ball get in the way. All right. It's that easy. You just want to let the ball get in the way. You want to have a very, very slightly descending blow on that golf ball in order to get the impact of the ball more towards the center of the face. If we think about what happens when we hit behind the ball, it means that we're either going to chunk it, hit it super, super heavy, or if we're managing to kind of auto-correct and self-correct throughout the swing, we're going to be lifting just a little bit. But the problem is you can't lift a little bit and then get back down to the ball and then hit it correctly and then lift a little bit again. And, you know, There's just no way to do it in that rapid of a swing. So those are the shots that you end up blading and hitting really thin. Those are the worm burners. So what we want to do is just put that T or that tiddlywink or that bingo chip, whatever the hell you want to call it, or hell, use a penny for all I care. Put something in front of the golf ball down the target line, three, maybe four inches. And what you want to do is you essentially want to imagine that thing is the golf ball swing with the goal of the low point being that thing, and then just let the golf ball get in the way. And that'll teach you how to to hit down ever so slightly on that three wood to help you get that nice, high, elevated shot that does go that distance and does get you on or around the green on those par fives. Now, how I would like to see you practice going forward is if you're on the driving range and you're teeing up your three wood and if you're in my circumstance where you're hitting off of mats, I understand that mats don't necessarily have a ton of adjustable tees. There might be like a one and a half inch or a one and a quarter inch, but there's not a lot of variability there. If you can get to a grass driving range, go ahead and tee up your shot just like you normally or just in the same fashion that you normally would. Just make sure that you're teeing it up very, very low to the ground. So I, I don't want to see you teeing it up like you would a driver because that is way too high. And that's what causes this drastic upwards angle of attack, which is fine for that one individual shot. But we want to be able to use the same swing in all of the places. So when we try and take that swing to the fairway, like you've been experiencing, you're going to see a lot of inconsistency. Heavy shots, thin shots, all over the place shots. That's why when we're practicing now, we're going to shrink that tee height. You only want to get that ball, you know, maybe a half inch off the ground because what that's going to do is it's still going to let you have a little bit of upward angle of attack, but it's going to flatten out and shallow out that swing a lot more. So you don't have this drastic difference between how your three wood performs off the tee versus how it performs in the fairway. The other thing that I like to work on to really help cement this kind of flatter through impact feeling, we definitely want to be slightly descending, but we know when people are having a hard time with too steep or uh, too steep of an angle of attack coming down or too steep of an angle of attack coming up, I like to have them do a, a drill that I call pushing the two by four back. 
Now, I don't expect you to have a two by four in your golf bag or in your trunk. I do have a two by four in my trunk and it happens to be painted pink and purple and it's very sparkly and fabulous because, well, as you heard, I have daughters. <laughs> so mine has been decorated to the nines. You don't have to use a two by four. You can use well, something that works really, really good is just a case of golf balls or even hell. You could use a sleeve of golf balls. I like to use a case of golf balls because it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit wider in terms of a point of contact. But what you're going to do is you're going to essentially set up like you're going to hit your shot and you're going to put that case of golf balls right behind where the club head would be. Then what you're going to do is as you're coming back, you want to focus on pushing that case of golf balls or that two by four back as far as you can before your swing naturally comes up. I think a lot of people get too steep coming down on their swing because they get too wristy. They start the swing with their wrists, lifting the club up. And what happens then is that the reaction, everything has an equal and opposite reaction. You come up steep. There's a tendency to come down steep. And that's where we get a lot of low point issues. Again, chunking it, thinning it when you actually do avoid hitting the ground heavily. So by having that case of golf balls there and pushing it back slowly, it allows you to kind of flatten out that impact zone. So you have more consistency, less variables. Like we always talk about, we want to minimize our variables through impact. And it's something that I kind of call low and slow. You're, you get that club coming back nice and low, nice and slow. Imagine that we're pushing that case of golf balls backwards until our hands naturally come up in the swing. And that'll help you level out that swing as well. So between, you know, hitting down ever so slightly with that T idea of putting a T in front of the golf ball down the target line, just another, you know, three, four inches, trying to hit the T and letting the golf ball get in the way. And then combining that with our low and slow thought, pushing that box of golf balls backwards. So we have a more even flat impact zone and we don't get all this drastic up and down steep swing stuff going on. So Jeremy, I hope that helps you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put a video in this post as well. So if you open up your podcast app, you click on the link that'll be in the show notes for this episode. It'll be a link back to my website and you can watch a video by Chris Ryan that does a pretty good job demonstrating that, you know, that T philosophy. My low and slow is part of our golf strategy Academy. So Jeremy, just go ahead go back to that review that video and put those practices into action. And that should absolutely help you just really get a lot better consistency out of that three wood from the fairway until next time, everybody, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers.
All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.